Letting it great to be on holy ground and feel the Holy One and to know Him by His Spirit, to know Him by His Word, and to know Him by His name, and to know that this God can open doors that no man can open. This God can close doors that nobody else can close. This God can anoint and quicken us and use these earthen vessels to fulfill His purpose. Amen. Upon this earth, I'm glad to be a part of the body of Christ today. I'm glad to be a part of this kingdom today. I'm glad to be a soldier. Amen. In the mighty, mighty army of God today. Hallelujah. And equipped. Amen. To, to see a victory. And we are equipped to see a victory. I said we are equipped to see a victory. He covered us with his blood. He filled us up with his spirit. He wrote it down the promises. Yay and amen and all of it fulfilled in Christ. I believe the Messiah has come and because I believe he comes, I believe in revival and miracles and wonders and signs. I just felt a little nudging when we was worshiping there. I wouldn't sit in the cheap seats and I wouldn't hide among the stuff. If I had something I needed from God, I'd get out of the cheap seats and I wouldn't hide among the stuff. I'd get out where the fire's burning. I'd get up where it's going where I can be touched. Amen. If you need a healing in your body, this is what the Bible says. Amen. Let the call for the elder. Let them pray the prayer of faith, anointing you with all. And if you'll practice that and if you'll do your part, if you fail to do that, then you really don't believe it. And it's awesome and money and the price he paid. We tie his hands with unbelief. Man, what a God we serve this morning. A Savior, a provider, a way maker. What a touch of God's in this house. A presence of the Lord that's among us here today. To minister and to speak to us and help us. It's good to be here, isn't it? Good to see all of you. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to take that as a good report. Amen. We're going to keep believing. They're going to keep shrinking. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. We'll take a here a little and there a little. Amen. Until it's gone. Hallelujah. That's how you live for God anyway. That's how you move mountains sometimes. I tell you, a mountain can be removed. You can eat an elephant. You just got to eat him one mouthful at a time. But honey, if you'll stay with him, you can gobble him up and he'll be gone. Just keep chipping away at it. You just keep hammering away at it. That's what the Bible calls a hammer. Breaking it up. What do they do to big kidney stones? I'll just put it my way. They just go down in there and pow. They don't take it out either. It just busts it up and then in a process of time. Thank God for the word. That's one thing about it. Oh, me Hallelujah. There's too many people because everything ain't done just so whatever and all of it's gone. But why don't you take the little first? Because if you acknowledge him in the little, he can do the great thing. But a lot of times in the little things, I feel the touch. I feel a nudge. I just felt something. Hallelujah. Sometimes that's all they take. Because when you respond to that and give the glory where it belongs, hallelujah, it may put you in the place of the miraculous. Man, thank you for the testimony. Brother Andy. 
Praise God. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> what a God we serve today. He's in the miracle business, folks. Cancer's no more a problem to God than a little mild headache. Cancer's no more big of a problem with God than anything else you can think of. Our God can cover it all. All the afflictions, all the diseases. He's a healer. Not only is he a healer of the body, he's a healer of the mind. He's a healer of the heart. He's a healer of our spirit. Thank God for the healing hand of Jesus Christ and the power of his goodness and grace and mercy upon us when prayer is made and when you just stay with it I'm going to stay with it because he's in the business but guess what he also wants to pour his spirit out upon all flesh if you don't have the Holy Ghost in this house this morning you can it's a promise from God and don't let no man tell you hallelujah you can't have it because God says you can that's a measure of his spirit he promised that's what the Israelites were looking for that's the encounter they got to enjoy when they stepped through the veil once a year. Thank God for the veil called Jesus Christ, the flesh. When he was rent from top to bottom, whosoever will now, they can come and get the Holy Ghost. They can come and experience me for themselves. Don't have to ask their neighbors. Don't have to ask this one. No, you can know me. That doesn't mean you're going to know, know everything. No, you still need a five-fold ministry. And you still need a pastor. And you still need to be a leader. Have leaders in your life. But I'm here to tell you, you can know God for yourself. <laughs> that Holy Ghost has a power of ability amen, to witness to you. You'll know when it's of God and when it's not. If you'll just be honest with yourself. Get real honest with yourself. You know what? That wasn't God's will. Holy Ghost, I'm hearing you now. I'm going to back up. Even John said, try the Spirit. If it's not of God, what are you going to do? That's like going down a road, you know. All of a sudden, you know, that GPS with that pretty little voice of hers. She says, turn down that dirt road. And, you know, I, I, did y'all hear about the three young girls in Pascagoula that went off the pier? Said their, their GPS told them to go. And they drove off in there. Almost caused a policeman his life. He almost drowned. A young black fellow comes running on the scene. Rescues the three girls and the policeman. Because they was listening to the wrong voice. I'm telling you there's some voices. Even in this camp. That will lead you to darkness. And lead you into a deafness that you can't get out. There's only one that can save you. And his name is Jesus. There's only one voice that can get you out. And that's the voice of Jesus and the word of God. Word of God's right. I don't care what generation we're in. Okay, how much technology and how modern we become. The Word of God's still right. It's forever settled in the heavens. Nobody can change it. It don't matter who they are and what they're doing. Thank God for the Word. <laughs> settled, amen, to do a work for us. Praise God. Before I let the classes go back, we're going to have a baptismal service. Micah's going to get baptized this morning. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sure he's the youngest candidate 
of this church to ever be baptized. And I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Amen. So that's going to make him a prime candidate to be one of the youngest to receive the Holy Ghost. Because this is what the Bible promised. Amen. In this baptism, he can come up in newness of life. Hallelujah. And this is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been looking for. I want our babies to start getting the Holy Ghost. Because if our babies start getting the Holy Ghost, guess what? It's going to, it's going to nerd some other folks. It's going to persuade some other people. Hallelujah. They're going to say, you know what? Hallelujah. If God can give the Holy Ghost to these babies, he can, he can give me the Holy Ghost. When he sees a change in these babies' lives and what the Holy Ghost will do for them, how he'll lead them and help them and guide them and show the favor of God upon their life. They say, you know what? I think I want some of that Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So we're just excited about that and looking forward, amen, to that. And then following that, we're going to have a little meeting. So y'all going to, all the parents meet with Sister Brooke. We're going to have a little thing maybe before school, but we're going to get with you. This is after the baptism. I'm telling you because when I get through teaching whatever, I might forget all of this. All right? So I'm telling you ahead of time. Now, if you forget it, your fault. I'll give it to you. Praise God. Amen. All right? But we love you this morning and appreciate you and thankful you're here today to worship the Lord. So I think it's good to see you. Hallelujah. I know you come to see that grandson baptize him. And the only way to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, the only way you can get remission is to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And it's good to see all of you. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to let our classes go back. and Got a beautiful lesson today. Man, it's so good to have the granddaughter. Sister Lori, God bless you. So good to have you, girl. Appreciate you coming to be in service with us today. God bless you today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's good to us, isn't he? Man, he's blessing us and keeping us and guiding us. And Nobody can touch us like he can. Nobody can bless us like he can. Nobody can comfort us and guide us. And Only he, amen, can move upon men, holy men. Hallelujah. And inspire them to write the word of God. His word, his promises, his commandments, his direction in life. Amen. The way that we ought to live and how we ought to conduct ourselves upon this earth. Thank God for this word. And then not in that, only in that word is, but there's so many, so many promises of, of the song that we even sung this morning. Victory. I'm going to see victory. Why? The battle's not mine. It's the Lord's. I'm a soldier of his kingdom. I'm a soldier of his kingdom. Representing his kingdom. Part of a government that's, that's going to, don't no, no ending. An increase, an increase. Praise God. We're, we're hold of something this morning. And I love America. Don't get me wrong. I love the United States. I love the Constitution. I love what we stand for and believe for. Amen. But you know what? This is even greater than that. The United States is going to see an end. This nation, you know, it's, going to, it's got its, its limits. But not this kingdom. Amen. Not the battles that's given to him and represents his kingdom. Amen. I promise you every battle we, we, we get embobbed in in his kingdom, we can win it. We can win it. We can win this battle because the Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord will place, the Old Testament called him the Lord of the battle. The Lord of the battle. Man, God don't mind fighting. And he knows how to fight. He knows how to fight in the right way and the right, with the right spirit. Amen. And if we're not careful, we, we handle it a lot of times the wrong way. We try to handle it in a way that's it's not really pleasing to God. But when we really just give it to God and let God fight it and let him work through us and battle through us in the manner and the way according to his word and his spirit. Man, there's some battles that can be won. There's a good possibility we thought we'd have never won them. But you know what? With God's help, with God's help, we can do it. 
Bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> I'd say easier said than done to be if we'd just be honest with ourselves. The right circumstance, the right situations that we may get caught up in and become involved in. And um, you know, sometimes it may be of our own doing, but you know, sometimes it's it's because we have chosen man that made the decision that we want to be Holy Ghost filled and we want to be a vessel of God and even Jesus talked to his own disciples and likened them into sheep among wolves he told them he said you're going to be hated of all men for my namesake and so we understand that there are times and circumstances and situations and you've heard me mention this even in the last few months that one of the most powerful testimonies that you and I can have is when we're walking right along with others that's, that's climbing mountains and taking courses and going through valleys and facing things. And, and, and they're trying their best to use whatever elements outside of God to comfort them and guide them. But, but you and I, we depend on God. We depend on His Word and on His guidance that, man, it's, it's going to be all right. Either way, we're going to be a winner. Either way, you know, that's what could be written on the tombstones of every Holy Ghost filled child. I'm a winner either way because the battle's not over. It's just a comma. Amen. The battle's not over. I'm going to be made. The latter part of Hebrews 11 chapter, the hall of faith. If you read that and pay close attention to those lessons that, that didn't see their, their prayers answered and the resurrection and the outcome upon this earth. Amen. Unfold maybe like others and like they maybe would have liked to. But yet, amen, because of faith, they died with a good report. Amen. And buried. And so the battle's not over with. Amen. That's the reason God, amen, instruct us out of the word of God. God, when he talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and letting them know, he said, hey, I'm a God of the living. Amen. They're just as much alive today as they ever been. I know they're resting in the grave and I know the Spirit's going to the heavens and with God. That's what Job has taught us. But yet, amen, they're, they're living. I'm a God of the living. There's going to be a resurrection. There's going to be that moment and that hour and that day, amen, when life's going to come and, and, and there's going to be life eternal then. And we're going to receive a body that's won't know anything about corruption won't know anything about any of that amen so so when you really begin to look at the very end of this and you begin to look at what we're pursuing and trying to attain and to experience amen as much as we have here sitting in heavenly places with the presence of God such as this morning and the battles we win against cancer battles we win against circumstances and situations in life hallelujah but the greatest battle of all amen is to hear him say well done that good and faithful servant to know that we made it on the other side and never to be tempted again never to face the devil again hallelujah with that with that security in our souls and hearts and minds but until then but until then amen we're gonna have to deal with life got to deal with the world with him got to deal with the spirits of this world got to deal with the prince of the air amen things of this nature and so with that being said there's going to be times that we're going to face afflictions in fact, a writer of the lesson, the chapter, the Psalms 34, amen, he closes and you might to the closing of that chapter, many, the righteous suffer many afflictions, afflictions, and sometimes choosing to live a righteous life, 
a godly life, a cold out life, can also help enhance some of those afflictions. But you and I have got to be determined that in the times of these valleys and times of these times of being tested, that amen, there's still going to be praise on my lips for Jesus Christ. Amen. Job left us a good example that, 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 that he never charged God foolishly. Amen. In all the trial and, and the, the troubles that he uh, was affected by. Amen. Losing children. Amen. Losing his riches. Losing everything. And so was his health. Amen. His, his suitable helpmate even trying to encourage him to curse, but he would not. Amen. Why? Because he guarded his mouth, his lips. He put a bridle. Amen. He knew that where his help was going to come from. And regardless, amen, if death took him, hallelujah, he knew that from that place, hallelujah, that he would see his maker. He would see his author. And so that's what you and I have got to understand. No, none of us wants to be in trials. None of us, amen, wants to walk on peanut butter knee deep every day of our lives. None of us don't like to get to that age where we don't have the strength, amen, to run and do and, and, and you know, things of that nature. But, but yet, amen, even in the spiritual realm, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Why? These testing times are going to have to come. How do you never know what you, what you really got and what you really believe unless you're tested. That's the reason they give tests in school. Believe it or not, God, God, the Word of God said He will test. You know how He tests? By our actions. That's how He really judges us. It's our actions, our response to what we've heard and what we felt from Him. And how we respond to that. When we show that affection back. and our, We can be, what's this? Obedience. When it's not the easiest thing to do. When it looks like even the so-called Christian world is getting by with it. There'll be even times where you'll see people that are backsliding. And go back into the world. And, and man, they just seem to be blessed. And make more money. And live a, a, a more rich life in this world. But wait till you get back to the house of God. Wait till you get back and get your head back and get your heart and where's your treasures at. They're in the heavens. Because even Jesus said you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. Amen. So it's a powerful lesson, a real powerful lesson here this morning that we want to talk about. The main character is going to be David at a time in his life. And then the writing of Psalms 34. This is where this particular Psalms and writings came from. Was this particular time in his life. So the lesson, big idea is, I will bless the Lord at all times. I bless the Lord at all times. It's hard to do that whenever you're so sick you can't hardly hold your head up. But you're still able to... Uh, you know, I love you, Jesus. I magnify you, Lord. You're my healer. You're my blesser. Hallelujah. Now, we don't have to thank him for the sickness. But we can really start thanking him. God, I'd be glad when you deliver me. <laughs> I'd be glad you set me free. I'm not murmuring. I'm not complaining. I'm going to endure this and I'm going to come through it because you know what? You're with me. And you're going to help me. Your grace is sufficient. Amen. To sustain me. And to help me, amen, to endure this and overcome this. And so that's what it's talking about. Psalms 31, 34 and 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Man, this, this it's, as we really look into this, it can help us. We're living in a world today that... Um, <laughs> It's at a time like we're living off the cuff. It's, it's a time 
that, you know, everything's being recorded now. Everybody's having pictures made of them. And, and so it's a very dangerous thing to have a loose tongue. Especially if you hold any kind of position. If you're a politician, uh, things of that nature. If you've got a bunch of followers. <laughs> you know, there's some of them bragging out to how many followers they got. But you got to remember all them followers. And you're, you're the example. So where are you leading them? And everybody's following somebody. And everybody's be an example to somebody and so the greatest example that you and I can follow is Jesus Christ even Paul said follow me as long as I follow Christ the apostle to the Gentiles made sure that we understood he says I don't care if an angel though we are an angel come and preach any other gospel besides this it's already been preached he said you consider them a curse The gospel, the good tidings, the plan of salvation. How a man to become and to be who God wants us to be. And and so one of the most important areas that we can see this, the fruits of it, the benefits of it, the power of it, is right here. It's right here. Starts with this in our actions. And so... David's writings in 34 and 1 talks about at all times. I'm going to praise the Lord. At all times. I'm going to give him glory. I'm going to give him honor. So as we begin to dig in this truth about God, God is worthy of praise in every situation. God is worthy of praise. Can I say this? <laughs> When's the last time you was really in a battle and a struggle with something, whatever it might be? Everybody's situations and circumstances could be different. But yet you, you was facing something, a pitfall from life, whatever you want to call it. And the last time in that pitfall and that struggle, you just, you just magnified God and said, Lord, I am so thankful that you have chosen us to, or me, to go through this. To have to experience this. To be, in God, my prayer in giving you glory and praise for this. To, to be the example that you want to be in this trial. To respond unto this situation like you'd want me to. To handle this. My countenance would please you. My response, the words that I choose to, to, to speak would please you. The avenue that I decide to go down would please you. I wonder what would happen to our world today if everybody woke up this morning and said, you know what? I'm not going to get revenge on nobody. Vengeance doesn't belong to me. This is a bad deal and I hate it and I, I, I sh this shouldn't have happened and we could just name the list and check off the list. But what would happen if all of a sudden we said, but God, I'm your child. I'm created in your image. I'm going to preach on this. I read it just the other day again, and it just, it, just, it just bombarded my spirit. The Bible talks about the first Adam and the earthly image, and the second Adam and a heavenly image. Born again, Holy Ghost-filled people is required to walk in that heavenly image more so than in the earthly image. Praise God. 
Anybody ever heard somebody say, man, you're the spitting image of so-and-so. And it could be your dad, your mom, whoever, because of your likeness. And sometimes you may not look nothing like them. But they say that anyway. Why? Because you talk like them. Because you act like them. Because you respond to things like they did. Oh, praise God. And so, as children of God, God wants us to respond to things like he would. Now watch this. If you don't think I'm... I mean, let me tell you. Who, who was the beloved disciple of Jesus Christ? John. Laid his head on his breast. He was a part of the inner circle. Now watch this. A part of that inner circle, he had a brother by the name of James. But I can show you a place in the Bible where James and John got in serious trouble with Jesus. Because they had the wrong spirit. They wanted to destroy because they weren't of their little group. They weren't carrying the card they was carrying. They weren't out of their church. What are y'all looking at me like? Where'd that come from? This is, this is what I'm talking about. This is the reason the Bible warns us every idle word. How we conduct. How, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. It's just as important at home. As at the house of God. Noah would have never persuaded his family. By just being the preacher on the bow of that ship. Persuading his family. It's going to rain. We're going to build an ark. I heard the voice of God. See, we got to... Re- we got to remember some of this. Why? Because there's coming a spirit in this end time where they're going to make mockery of the coming of Jesus Christ. And as this thing, this thing works out, folks, I'm going to tell you something. The separation between Christians and real believers and the world is further and further. We already see that. We see that in America. At one time were Christians and people that called themselves Christians would find favor at times. Now they may find a snare. Maybe not serve you as well as. So how are we going to handle this? How are we going to respond to it? The stage is being set for the Antichrist. The stage is being set. And so at the same time, you and I have got to have our own minds and hearts made up who we're going to serve. And who we going to, who's going to be continually on our lips of praise and of thanksgiving at all times, at all times. Because I promise you, everybody, if you haven't been there, you're going to. There's going to be a time in your life that voice is going to say, where is your God? He really loved you. You wouldn't be dealing with this. He wouldn't have went this way if he was so loving. And in the midst of that, you and I are going to have to be anchored enough and settled enough and convinced. I'm going to praise him all the time. 
I'm going to praise him in every situation, even in those that I don't understand. Job never could understand why he was going through the struggle he was going through. You couldn't put your finger on Job. And guess what? The devil didn't run up and tell him, hey, Job, man, God's made a deal. Neither did God come running down or send an angel to Job and said, hey, hey, Job, get ready. God and the devil's made a deal. And sometimes the real test is when you can't understand it. That will change your, your response. A lot of times, if you can understand it, it helps your response. But it's when you can't understand it. When you don't understand it. And when you feel like you don't deserve it. When you feel like you gave your back. And everything's coming out from under you. But I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to. And this, this chapter covers it. I'm still going to trust him. To praise him, you got to trust him. And if you trust him, you're going to praise him. So, as we watch this, and the writer talks about, David talks about some of his beginnings, uh, how that no doubt, and you can go back and read it, how that maybe uh, he, he didn't, you know, apparently from, even from a lad that uh, he was a worshiper of God, no doubt he was, an early age, and uh, going out into the sheep and playing the harp and uh, singing songs and making melody to God. And those times possibly, uh, no telling how often, how many midnight nights he spent out there by himself. But yet, he found the ark. He found the place, a man of singing and worshiping God. And God's presence would show up and God's glory would move among him and, and inspire him. And he would, he would write different songs and lyrics. Amen. And not only in that setting, but in such as this. And what we're going to talk about today in 34. We're going to see as time went on and he was called in. And y'all know the story. Amen. Now, now I'm telling you something. Studying this lesson, something that hit me yesterday. Amen. As I was going back, or it might have been the day before, I don't know, sometime this week. Amen. Now, you know, David's response to his situation. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I'm, I'm probably not smart enough. But I don't agree totally with the writer of the lesson here about some of the response of David and how he might have thought things and things of that nature, okay? I'm just being honest with you. Maybe he's a lot smarter than I am. I don't know. But, but I just don't see that. Amen, okay? And um, uh, by chance, I don't, all this by chance stuff, I don't know about this by chance stuff. God's a sovereign God. We don't live by chance. If I lived to be a gambler, I'd go to casinos. I wouldn't come here this morning. I don't care what the odds look like. And you don't even have to have what's a special card, a rookie, rookie card, whatever. What's it called? The Joker. The Joker. That's a long order to tell people. It's a Joker. Who wants to play cards? It's got to have a Joker in it. I'm sorry. I'm getting on some rabbits. I'm, I'm pulling back in here. But anyway, watch this. It's 17 years of age when David comes in back on the scene. And you know the battle. And he's facing Goliath. And he knows how to handle Goliath. He knows how to take Goliath out. But now he's got another giant in his life. A giant that hates him more 
than Goliath possibly. A giant by the name of Saul. But David can't get the stone and put it in the sling and take him out. I'm preaching this morning, folks. When it comes to your brothers and sisters, our spiritual leadership, and even the transformation of becoming a Holy Ghost-filled person, our methods and ways of battling and fighting and winning changes drastically. You're never going to win with a sharp tongue. You're never going to win with a spirit of wrath and anger. It's always hostile against God's way of doing it. The Bible backs it up. Paul writes about it. Paul's the one that authored this. But you know about Paul now. That's, this is what the Holy Ghost would do for us. This is what letting him be our author and finisher in all the surroundings and circumstances of life. This is what helps us to keep us from taking matters into our own hands and dealing with it the way we want to deal with it. David couldn't handle Saul and his rejection like he did Goliath. But Saul and his statue wasn't near what Goliath's was. He had a little way to let God, let God do it. Watch this. God tested him sometime. Because God would let him wind up in the same cave. And his men that was with him which was 400 that was disgruntled, upset with the system, <laughs> hadn't had much success under Saul, didn't look like it was going to be. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> that looks like us sometimes, the world we're living, doesn't it? And our political world and our government, and, but thank God we're not governed by them to at least a certain degree. That's the reason Paul said, pray for him. Let's pray for him. Let's pray for him. But thank God. Anyway, I don't get on that neither. So watch what's unfolding here. What's taking place in David's life. A man of war. A man of battle. A man that Saul had sent out to, to take a hundred of the Philistines. So now, and I think there's something to it when he didn't give the first daughter he promised. David could have got sideways right there. So now you know that wasn't the one I should have got after taking Goliath. You know the one, but you gave her to. Boy, he could allow the wrong spirit to get a hold of him. See, life will do that. Pitfalls of life. And I'd love to tell you that you're exempt, but you're not. Because we're not out of this world, we're in it. But how we respond to this world would determine whether or not if we're a Christian or not. There's a whole lot of focus on, and I'm not against it, 
But I am a little leery of it. And maybe again, maybe I'm just not smart enough. Okay? <laughs> so much speaking in tongues. Praying in the Holy Ghost and spontaneously just speaking in tongues. But I'm going to tell you something. There's nine fruits of the Holy Ghost. That are just as important. That we cultivate them. And produce them. That ties in. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've run into a few folks that was full of the devil and they spoke in tongues. Now you could tell it though. Because they didn't have no Jerusalem ring with it. But they spoke in tongues like a Chinaman. And a drop of a hat, man, they could tune you up too. I'm just telling you like it is now. That's where we at. You know why? Because the church world out there got pressured about what was in this book about tongues. Got pressured about the receiving of the Holy Ghost. Because nobody can really deny it. If you open it up and read it with honesty and with sincerity, it's there. And it's there for us to experience. So, but if we're unwilling to experience it God's way, we'll make up a way and the devil will see to it. Because he's always been a counterfeit because he doesn't have anything. Now watch this. In that counterfeit operation, it will set out to do what? Destroy them. So it brings you right back to who's their author. The author of confusion. The devil. Who's setting out at every snare and trap to destroy the vessel. And It doesn't make him any different. It's just off of church pew. Speaking in tongues and claiming to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. When the final and end results winds up in the same lake of fire that he's at. Okay. That wasn't part of the lesson. But yeah. So as we watch this. He makes his way after Jonathan, which is the son of Saul. And the knit. That come together immediately after. Watch the difference between Jonathan and Saul. And the response of Goliath. When he comes back to Jonathan. Jonathan immediately man. He takes off his coat. He gives him his sword. He gives him everything. He, he, he realized. He understood. He knew where the anointing was at. He knew. Who was had the favor of God. And the blessings of God. But now. Here comes Saul. And our lesson he picks it up. And talks about. When they got out in the streets. And began to dance. Whenever David and him would come in. And begin to talk about Saul. And singing about Saul. And his thousand. And David his ten thousand. And what happened? Immediately. Jealousy. Jealousy is cruel as a grave. Jealousy. And you can walk, work in small doses. But it never stays there. Enter in very s- slowly. And, but you know what helped bring this about? It was Saul's disobedience of obeying the word of God when he was sent out to destroy the Amalekites. And he allowed the people, he said, Same way with the world that we're living in today. The scripture warns us in Leviticus uh, Revelation about the Laodicean church. <laughs> to be ruled by the pew and not the pulpit. When the pulpit is ruled by the pew, when they decide what's going to be preached, and they decide what's going to be the doctrines. 
It's not in your book. There ought not be no isms and schisms in the body. I'm going to tell you something. Denominations is not of God, ladies and gentlemen. You can't find it in the book. You can't. God is not the author of confusion. God has not got an eight lane going to heaven. It's one single, one way. It's a one way trip through one door. Jesus Christ. Okay? It's so, as you watch this unfold and begin to take place, and even with David and, and Jonathan, and, and he finds himself going to the place called Gath. Gath, the writer said, is one of the five major cities of the Philistines. And he talks about David, how that he probably wouldn't, whatever. But I'd like to let you know something else. Did you know Gath is where Goliath come from? Same city that Goliath come from was Gath. Now on his way there, he goes by the priest and uh, David <laughs> is not all honest there. Okay? He wasn't not fully honest with the priest. And, and then the priest was a little leery of him. In fact, the Bible said he was afraid. Because he didn't have no bunch of people with him and, and right, you know, set up. And, and so David, you know, tells him this, gives him this story that he sent on the business of the king. And he was in haste and he didn't have time. And uh, he asked for some bread. And he said, well, we don't have no common bread, but we got the holy bread. And, and so, you know, if you kept yourself and you cleaned, you know, and, they, and so he got the bread. And he's asking for a sword or a spear. He said, well, the only one we got here is the one you got from Goliath. He said, that's, that's a good one. That, I, so he, and now... He makes his way, amen, to Gath. And there, as he gets and comes in before the king, before them, the king doesn't really recognize him, but the people recognize. This is David. This is the, notice how the Bible put it. They didn't call him the king of Israel here, but they called him the king of the land. This is a guy, buddy, when he was sent out, it didn't matter who you were. You was going to lose. This is a man of war. This is a man of battle. This man knows. He knows how to maneuver. He knows how to. And remember now, he's got Goliath's sword. And this is one of the areas where I got a little about the writer talking about David, you know, acting. But I'm going to tell you something. God's always got a way of delivering us. And most of the time, it's not our way. And the way he chooses, we wouldn't choose. How many of you of David's statue and position and many times have already taken out a Goliath and winning the battles and had a sword that you'd go hanging off the gates and letting spittle run down you and acting like you lost your mind? No, man's way would have been, pull that sword out. I'll take all of you turkeys, man. But he knew. And I believe this is one thing that makes Psalm 34 so powerful. Because God's got a way. And New Testament talks about it. With every temptation, God's made a way of escape. Now, that doesn't mean it's got flashing lights on it and it's broad, it's wide. and no. If you read it close enough, sometimes you've got to search for it and you've got to reach for it. If, if people would, would strive and seek after God like they seek after pleasure, 
you turn this world upside down. Because we're living in a generation that's pleasure seeking. But if somehow, man, if we could get it turned to say, you know what? Let's start seeking God. Seeking his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And be willing to whatever cost. And so here, David, his response. The king, and he, he said, man, y'all have brought a madman in here. My, I don't have time for this. And he lets him go. And he flees. And so, from this episode, almost any commentary, uh, the premier Bible, any place you go, you, you read that this was the episode from 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 15. That this psalm comes from. That's what this psalm was representing. The time in David's life. And so I'm going to take a little time. Because I realize if, if I'm not careful. I'm going to run out of time. So, so as you look at Psalms 34. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> in the times when I'm facing situations and circumstances. And at odds don't look too good. Man, even in times where I would love to take things into my own hand and handle it this way. But, uh, but I'm going to praise the Lord. I would bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, the first three verses actually, amen, is starting of high call to worship by himself, by David himself. Uh, I could take it to Psalm 71 and 8. Why don't I do that? I think I've got that. Uh, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Hey, when you come to the house of God, don't get frustrated with the spiritual leader and the one that's leading the servant when he's trying to get you. Lift up your voice. Cry out. Why? Because with my mouth, I'm going to praise him at all times. And if there's any place we ought to praise him, it's at the house of God. If there's any time that we ought to worship him and give him glory, it's when we have got a chosen time that has been dedicated to come and offer him praise and glory and honor. Because the scriptures have, in, have in instructed us that he inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we come here and we begin to lift up our voices and we begin to bang together and he comes and he takes a power oh glory shows up in the praises of his people I'm going to bring you right back to it I'm telling you the world and the devil and circumstance is trying his best to shut your mouth and keep you from praising but it's in those moments of times when we ought to praise him the most, the most and when we ought to lift him up is in the time of those trials and trials and tribulations why because he inhabits the praises of his people it's in those moments, it's in those times that God moves and God comes. And so with the mouth, Psalm 71 and 15, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. As we look at some of these scriptures, as we, my soul shall make her boast. Man, my, my most spiritual inner being, the second verse of Psalms 34, is going to make her boast. She's going to brag. She's going to show off. What's, what's one of the, the best ways you can really damage the devil and his attack on you? It's when he has shot you with his best. With that fiery dart. 
It hits you. And you stop. You go, whoa, praise God. Hallelujah. God's going to deliver me. He's going to set me free. I don't know when. I don't know how. I just know my God's not going to fail me. What do you think that'll do to the devil? <laughs> Got to get right down where we live sometimes. And I hate it as much as anybody. I hate it when my wife called me and said, hey, the, the dryer quit working. We had a washing machine devil in our house for a little while. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know how much money I spent on washing machines. I'm ready to go back to the scrub board. <laughs> Amen. I love the time those computers going out, they changed this, and even the maintenance men that was coming, they hated them. They said, we don't understand why they've done this. Amen. Because you, you'd have, you know, one part, you know, it's just this little button here, but you got to buy the whole thing. Well, to buy the whole thing, that's a half of a washing machine. If you're going to buy the half of a washing machine, you buy, well, buy a new washing machine and get all the warranty with it. But thank God the Lord's delivered us from the last few years. Thank God we hadn't had one in a while. But she went back to some old faithfuls. She went back to that time. Amen. It's got that thing sticking up in it, you know. <laughs> Circulates. Amen. Went back to some kind of some old knobs and not all them. And it was all this singing and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I don't need the washing machine singing to me. I don't need all the whistles and all that. I just wanted to wash my clothes. That's all I wanted to do. Amen. I don't have to do anything else. I don't need it for an alarm. I don't need to make no phone calls to me. I don't need to do any of that. I just needed to wash my clothes. Hallelujah. You hear what I'm trying to tell you? And that's the same way we're coming to God sometimes. You know what? God just wants us to show up and worship him. It doesn't matter what's coming. It doesn't matter what's going. We're victorious. Victories. I see victory. I said, I see victory. Why? Because I'm serving Jesus Christ. Because I'm being led by the Spirit. Because I'm walking the promise and commandments of his word. And so if I walk in the commandments and commandments, amen, if I praise him at all times, if I praise him, if I praise him in this circumstance or in this let me ask you something. Please don't take his offense. But if you've been fighting the same old valley and you've been fighting the same old devil, could it be that God's looking for a praise that you have refused to give him in it. So the answer to that problem is, Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! I love you! I worship you! You're going to deliver me! I don't know how, but God, you're going to do it! So, this is what David, then he goes on and as he, he he propels them to help him and to join in with him. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Anybody ever used a magnifying glass? It doesn't matter how big something is. You can get a magnifying glass and mix it a lot. If you just start magnifying the Lord... You make him bigger. You make him bigger than your problem. You make him bigger than your sickness. You make him bigger than your financial problem. You make him bigger, amen, and all the hurt. You make him bigger. You make him bigger than all your past. You're making bigger than when daddy left you, when mama left you, and when this and failed you, when that one hurt you. Amen. Magnify the Lord. Magnifying means to magnify him. You and I really can't make God any bigger, but you got to make him bigger in your heart. You got to make him bigger in your situation because the devil, amen, the reason you're in that situation, especially if it's a snare and a trap of the enemy, he's trying to, to, he's trying to convince you that he's not big enough. He's trying to convince you that he don't love you enough. 
He's trying to convince you, amen, that God can't deliver you. When God's saying, you know what? I believe I got a Job right here. Amen. It's going to come out on the other side. I believe I got some three Hebrew boys right here. It's going to come out on the other side without the smell of smoke. They're going to come out dancing and worshiping and magnifying God. Hallelujah. In this circumstance, in this situation, because we decided to make a stand. We started to glorify and magnify, and we're not going to bow to the pressures, and we're not going to bow to everybody else's ideas and opinions. We're going to see what the Word of God says. Hey, I'm not interested, amen, in what everybody else's opinion. I'm interested in pleasing God. I'm interested in seeing a move of the Holy Ghost. I'm interested in seeing an old-fashioned revival in Bendale. That's what I'm interested in. Countenance. So, as the scripture goes on, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from, from what? All my fears. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is resurrected? How many of you believe he conquered death? How many of you believe that scripture has told us that the final enemy of death is going to be conquered? So, we shouldn't fear. He's going to get us through this. Oh, we don't like it. I understand that. I don't like the struggles. I don't like, to, I don't like dealing with the heartaches and the problems and <laughs> dealing with the situations. I understand that. And we don't praise him for the situation, but we praise him in them. <laughs> they looked unto him. Now watch this. They, the humble. I want you to catch this. Because David did not handle this situation like he handled Goliath. They, talking about the humble, looked at him and were lightened, radiated, illuminated. There is a, a, a glow about them. There is a presence about them. There is a countenance upon their face. I'm taking New Testament. Paul was preaching to a cat, a man that's paralyzed and couldn't walk. But he could tell by his countenance that he believed what he was saying. And finally, he just speaks to him and tells him to get up. And he obeys. God can tell by your countenance whether or not you believe in me this morning. And I can tell a few. <laughs> not being ugly, I'm just telling you. Your countenance makes all the difference in the world. Say what you want to. I'm telling you, it does. Amen. You come to the house of God. When you come here, the joy you've got. Excitement you've got. If you really believe it, hey, the answer's here. The helper's here. The waymaker's here. <laughs> all that failed me. But I made my way to one called Jesus because I heard of one called Jesus. And everybody else told me no. And everybody else said, hey, I'm sorry, but they took my money anyway. But I found one called Jesus. And I'm telling you, he's the best attitude adjuster that's ever lived. He's the best whole soul saver that's ever lived. He's the best, amen, mind blesser that's ever lived. He's the only one that can drive depression and all the others. And he don't have to use any kind of drugs with any kind of side effect. The only side effect you have is more joy. The only side effect you have is more glory. The only side effect you have, amen, there's more peace. Well, 
they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. They was not blushed for shame. They weren't confused. They knew, they knew. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth. I won't, I won't have the time. I'll let take it to Psalms 18 and 1 through 9, but I won't. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste. Yeah, we went somewhere and something didn't really look that good. What to impress with it. But finally, somebody eased up sides. I'm telling you, you'll just taste it. You'll just try that. And so the wisest thing to do is just get a little piece, you know, just get a little bit of it. Amen. Then you slip over there, you know, and ain't nobody ain't looking at you. Put a little bit in your mouth. But you could tell pretty quickly. Now, if you're about three years old, this is what they do. That ain't no good. But being grown-ups and, you know, in public, you know, you can't do all that. Amen. So, but you, you finally swallow it. But you don't make and you don't probably finish that and you don't go. But if it's good. Taste buds, taste and see. Woo, boy, this taste is good. Yeah. Uh, and, and next round, about, you don't get just a little dab of it. <laughs> taste and see. So you can tell by seeing that it tastes good. That's a reason I wouldn't walk around with a frown on my face. You know, sometimes I just do it just to make the devil mad. He's done his best to take my smile and take my joy, and I just smile anyway. Hey, there's sometimes, amen, I don't feel an ounce of God or nothing, and I just, I just worship him. I'm not impressing nobody. It's not a show or nothing. It's just me and the Lord and the devil. He wants to rob and take it from me. But you know what? There's just something about when you get to glorify God, magnify Tell him how awesome he is and how beautiful he is and how good he's been. Guess who starts showing up? Guess who starts moving? Guess who has to leave the party? Guess who's got to leave the party? <laughs> and I'm telling you, you can have a party just you and Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, you can have an encounter. You can get just as drunk with just you and Jesus as you when you come to the house of God. Amen. That's the reason you don't just wait to come to the house of God and roll. And you don't wait just come to the house of God to dance. You don't come to wait to the house of God, amen, to party. Oh, no, we get to do it all by ourselves sometime. Because the real, the real, the real one that creates a party is called Jesus Christ and the moving of the Holy Ghost. And I can have it in my, in my own privacy or I can have it driving down the road. Amen. Or I could come to the house of God. Why? Because I have tasted and see that the Lord is good. That he's gracious. Hallelujah. And that he loves me. And I'm not going to let the thief, amen, rob me and take it from me. I know I got 22 verses. I'm, I'm trying. Oh, fear the Lord. He is saints and there is no want to them that fear him. That fear is of reverence. I love to take you to one first Peter's two, one and three. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. I, I really am. Praise the Lord. Just don't have enough time right here. Um, let's, let's try to get through this though. Watch this. What's the next one? The young lines do lack. Now understand that. Lines are represented as what? Mighty, strong, powerful. And if anybody can catch and get us some meat, it's the lines. 
with all their skills and talents and ability and young and fiber, buddy. <laughs> Man, they, they can do it. Listen to what he's saying. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Huh. I've about to come to the conclusion. God's not the problem. It's the, it's the seeking. Knock. Now, if you really, you know, if you drive up to somebody's house and you kind of hope they wasn't home. <laughs> you don't want to respond. You go up. And way home. Let's go. But if it's somebody that you, you're in desperate need and they got the answer and they got the goods and they promised you a million dollars in cash. <laughs> they can open a window. Hey, hey, what, what's this number? Keep on seeking. This is not what the lady done. She got the broom out. She got the candle out. Amen. I've got to find this coin. It's precious to me. It's one of the ten, but it's precious. It's just as important as a nine. That's the reason he said the shepherd's willing to leave the ninety-nine and seek and find the one. And sometimes, you know what? The real treasure about the field, amen, or about the field is the treasure in the field. But you got to buy the field to get the treasure, amen, to find the treasure. The real finding the treasure of Jesus Christ is a seeking. You must seek. You must believe that there is a God. And he's what a reward of them that what diligently seek him. So if when you really seek him, amen, and you can find his answer and you can find his touch hallelujah and that's what there's all about and so one of the best ways you can do it when you're in trials and in your trouble it's when you glorify him and magnify him and exalt him and magnify him in your life hey you're the healer of every disease you're a healer god you're a blesser you'll make a way god do you the one amen that put corn in a fish's mouth for peter so god you can put a corn in a fish's mouth for me you're no less god today So that's what the psalmist is trying to get us to understand. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Here's the answer. Here's the key. Thirteenth verse. Keep thy Tongue from evil. That means to guard, keep. That means to retain possession of your tongue. Everybody could do it whenever you got plenty of money. Everybody could do it when all of your kids is making A's and man, they they flying high, buddy. They got it. Everybody can do it, amen, when everybody at the church is doing, getting along good and everybody's doing good and everybody's getting what they want. And, but not everybody can possess that tongue and control that tongue when everything out slipping out from under them. Everything that you... Different ball game. Now David was facing a circumstance, a situation... That he couldn't pull Goliath's sword. Because God didn't give him permission. And that wasn't the way the God to deliver him. And set him free. And bring him out. Keep thy tongue from evil. And thy lips from speaking guile. 
In other words, don't let your, don't, don't play with words, especially with God. Cunning, cunning guile is to be cunning with those words, to be crafty with those words, to phrase them like you want to phrase them, put them like. <laughs> In other words, tune somebody up without them really knowing they got tuned up. Saying those cutting remarks, but, but in a way that God knows now. God knows. God knows the intent of the heart. The purpose of what's going on. And even with God. You know, to play games with God. Like, uh, God, if you don't hurry up, I'm going to. Well, just, just go ahead and do it. Our approach. Watch this. The poor, I think it gets, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off all remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart and saveth such as of a contrite spirit. Contrite spirit, contrite means crushed. Many are the fictions of the righteous. Catch that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. None of us likes afflictions. Come on, let's be honest. But David, look at the afflictions, what he dealt with, especially in this journey with Saul now. And he had just started here. He had just started. Because he leaves there in the 22nd chapter for Samuel. That's where he starts gathering up the men. It feels like he feels. But, but watch him. You can go on over and again he goes back to Achish and actually works with him. And as long as he went out to certain places and brought in benefits, but again, he's rejected and sent back to Zegleg. And it's a burnt over field. I'm telling you, over and over and over. But in all of that, David keeps leaving us the example of how to praise him at all times. How to lift him up, exalt him, humble himself, yield himself. Even when his own son pulled treason on him. He didn't call his men. He didn't pull Goliath's sword and go. But he let God work it out. Let God. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. We can stand. He keepeth all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. We know who he was likened this to. Jesus Christ the Messiah. The structure. The structure. The framework. It's not going to be broken. God's word. God's promises. He's going to see us through. He's going to be that framework. He's going, to, he's going to help us to endure. He's going to help us to overcome. Evil shall slay the wicked. Listen to those last two verses. Evil shall slay the wicked. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. And none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. The soul. The soul of a man is what it's all about. That part that's going to live throughout eternity. 
It's easy to get caught up in some of our battles and struggles. And all the devil's out to do is destroy us. All the devil's out to do is get us down some side road hoping that we can never make it back. That's what all that's about. But oh, if God would just help us. Put a watchman. Put a bridle. God, you help me. You help me. You help me possess my tongue and, and lift up that that glorifies and magnifies you. Amen. My trust. Because in this trial and this, and, and, and watch him. David knew that probably within himself, there's no way I can, I can win this battle here. There's no way. I can't handle this like I did with Goliath. I can't handle this situation like I, but so God, I'm just got to trust you. I got to rely upon you. And so that's, that's the reason you begin to praise him and worship him. Because whenever you begin to praise and worship him, that proves that you trust him in the midst of your flames, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your troubles. Hallelujah. That in this, God, I'm trusting you. I got confidence in you and your grace is sufficient until I'm set free or delivered. Your grace is sufficient to keep me where I ought to need to be. As your child, as your vessel, I'm just an earthen vessel, but I got a heavenly treasure that I'm giving myself to. And watch this. It's all about being a testimony because somebody's watching. Somebody's watching. And they just want to see. David wrote a many of Psalms talking about the enemy and encamped around him and the pits and the falls that were designed by them. But he trusted God to guide him, to lead him. Church, if there's ever been a time that we got to trust God, trust the Holy Ghost, put this in us. Let it get a hold of us because we're, we're quickly moving into an area where if even the righteous is not careful, they're going to be deceived. It's going to mean something, folks, to me, to hear him say that, to, to, to be able to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You know as well as I do that in some areas anybody can do it. But, but then there's times where, you know what, God, unless you strengthen, unless you gird up my mind, unless you gird up my emotions, unless you gird up my spirit, God, and you give me a visitation and help me, this is how I'm going to get out of this mess. It's through your mercy. It's through your grace. It's through your compassion. It's through that knowing that you love me. And that love is going to help me to overcome and win this battle, win this race, finish this course. I'm telling you, let's live for God. Let's, let's put Psalms 34 as we anchor it into our hearts and our minds and our spirits. And, and more importantly, our actions, our actions. It's a lot easier to run somebody down. It's a, it's a lot easier to blame other people. It's a lot easier to say, well, this is why this has happened. You won't do this. And if that one done, that... It's a lot easier to do that. It's why I'm doing like I'm doing, acting like I'm acting, being in who I... But there's still a God. And He loves you. And he died for us. 
And when you begin to magnify him and call on him, that's the reason the scripture, time after time, he that calls on Jesus, you call on him. He'll come with honesty and sincerity. If you'll just call on him, if you'll just keep knocking, if you'll just keep holding on, he'll do the work. He'll make a way. He'll make a way where there seemeth to be no way. He will make the way. But you and I have got to be determined enough that we're going to seek his will and not ours. His way and not ours. I'm yours, God. Could you help me pray this morning? God will love you this morning. The power of your word, the power of your presence. Even in this house today as you have moved upon this service and not just upon the service God you've moved upon souls and lives you've answered prayers you have ministered in this place today God you as you look down upon each soul here this morning each heart and life you see us you see us who we are and the condition of our lives you you know what we need better than we know and God, I'm praying right now that uh, your voice and your hand and your presence could move upon each heart and each soul that's under the sound of my voice this morning. Touching and ministering, God. Giving dreams and visions and direction like never before, God. I'm praying that you'd help us to help one another, to encourage one another, to exalt one another, to do what we can to point them to you, to let you do the work in the hearts and the souls of each and every one of us and our community, God, with our loved ones and friends and neighbors, even for our enemy, God. You help us. You help us, God. You help us to hold on to Psalms 34. You help us to lift up, magnify and praise and exalt you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In trying times and difficult times, God, we pray for the experiences that you want us to experience. We're to walk in the, in the, in the power of your spirit, the power of your love in those times, the power of your greatness and kindness. And God, that we could be the example God, to our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, God, the example that you're calling us to be in the world, the time that we're living. I promise you, Lord, we're going to give you all the glory. We're going to give you all the praise and honor for everything that you're doing in our lives. In that precious name of Jesus, we pray. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. We want to go back and, man, Micah, Micah wanted to get baptized. Came up to me Sunday after baptizing Hunter. And uh, I told him, I said, well, you go talk to your mom and daddy. If they don't have a problem with it, I don't. And so they did come to us Wednesday night. And so we're going to baptize him this morning in that wonderful name of Jesus. Believe it, God's going to fill him with the Holy Ghost, the power of God, amen, to be used of God, amen, to allow God to, to use him and work for him. Does that mean he's going to do everything perfect from here on out? Well, about as perfect as you and I have. Amen. How about that? Praise God. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Why don't you come join us? God bless you. Sign-up sheet. That's right. Got the brother and sister Shaw's uh, adoption shower, I guess is how we'll put it, next Saturday at 3 o'clock. If my memory's serving me right, that right? 3 o'clock this coming Saturday. It's a little different.
Uh, actually, they're inviting the ladies and men. Four o'clock, or is it four o'clock? At four o'clock this coming Saturday, they're actually inviting the men and the ladies. Uh, Sister Judy wanted to invite her dad and brothers and them because they didn't get to go to any of the ceremonies, any things like that. So this is the only thing they've gonna got to come to to be a part of this. And so they're doing it this way, okay? So don't forget, there's a sign-up sign sheet back here this coming Saturday at four o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. God bless you.